Hey everybody, welcome back to What Happened to You. Today's guest is a very talented friend of mine. She's a brilliant stand-up comedian and has a new podcast called Clowncast coming out in December. This is episode 9 with Harper Rose Drummond. Thank you so much for coming on here. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for asking me to. Yeah, of course. I mean, I, I couldn't help but reach out after I saw your uh, your bit on TikTok. That was oh hilarious. <laughs> Thank you. I, it's so funny because I saw yours. Honestly, yours inspired me to post mine because I was like, oh, and I didn't even know how to really work TikTok. But I saw yours. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's such a good bit. That's so badass. And I was like, hmm. Yeah, I'm glad that you did. That's great. I feel like we had a very similar TikTok experience and I have a bunch of questions about like TikTok and what that was like for you after you posted it. But before we get into that, the way that I kind of like to do this is just starting with the person's story and then just kind of going from there. Okay. Yeah, no, I have no problem telling the dark tale. So it's all good. Um, (laughs) Cool. Well, Harper, what happened to you? Okay. Well, <laughs> all right. So, um, it happened in 2016. I, um, I went to high school in North Carolina and, uh, and I, I lived there for like 10 years. And so I, um, I was actually flying back to visit my childhood best friend. Like she'd been like my dear friend since fourth grade. And I like grew up with her family and all that. And, um, growing up, we, we never really talked to her older brother. Cause he was always like really mean and scary. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and, uh, just, I feel like all you need to know about him is that he, his parents had a like six foot cardboard cutout of him playing football, um, in there, like right when you walked into their home. So really setting him up. Yeah. That and, checks out. Yeah. 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 It, <laughs> it, it all makes sense. It, like none of this was a surprise really. So I fly back there and, um, like we're going to go out, you know, and she was like, Oh, we're actually going to go out with my older brother. And I was like, Ooh, I thought we didn't like him. She's like, Oh, there's been a plot twist. We do now. And so, <laughs> um, we go over to his place and, uh, breaking news still don't like him. And he's like doing Coke alone in his room. He's being weird. We go out, to the bar and he's like insisting on, but I had a boyfriend at the time. Um, he insists on buying all of my drinks and like, we're just drinking Bud Light. Like it's not like we were like, you know, getting hammered, but we're drinking Bud Light. And then I distinctly remember on like my second, maybe third Bud Light, I, I take two sips and then it just goes dark. And then the next memory I have is I'm in, uh, I'm in like an Uber or something and I'm asking, like, it's very like blurry, but I'm asking questions and he keeps like, just like laughing it off and like squeezing my knee really hard. And then the next thing I remember is I'm on my back on his bed and I'm just like screaming no. And then, but I'm still fully dressed and then it goes dark again. And then next thing I know, I wake up in the morning and all of my things are, 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 wow, I can see all of my things are on his side of his bed and my like my phone my clothes and then he like comes out uh, and he's like showering and he like comes out and he's like hey do you want to get in the shower with me and i was like uh what's what's going on what's going on because i was just so like in shock and he was just like we had sex harp anyways yeah you want to you want to shower off i'm gonna go drop you off to uh my friends or or, or to, to your friend and i was just like um no, no, I'm good. And then he's in the shower and I'm just like rocking myself back and forth. Cause I'm like, wait, did I really just, did I really just sleep with my best friend's older brother? Like, did I just cheat? I guess I'm a cheat. This is, I was like, something's not right. Something's not right. And so I go, I get my phone and my clothes and I just like throw them on. 
And I, I, I like, as I'm texting, I, I, I like had a dress on. And so then when I'm looking down, I notice I have all these bruises all over my legs. And then I notice I have like thumbprint bruises on my arms and I look in like my phone's reflection and I see I have a, a huge black eye and I'm like, uh, I don't know if that was uh, just Holy something. Shit. That yeah, I was like, oh, it seems like it could beat the fuck out of me. So okay, but I'm <laughs> I'm really scared. and I'm asking like, wait, so why why oh, I said her name. I was like, why isn't um, your sister here? Where's where's our other friend? And he was like, oh, like we just left Harper. We just like, come on, you remember? Yeah, we just left anyway. Da, 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 da. So we get in the car, and I just remember feeling. Just, you know, just this, something was off. Something was wrong. And, oh, and I had 11 missed calls from my friend and, um, and her friend that we had gone out with as well. His oh, sister. good. Yeah. <laughs> so, and I noticed at one point, like, I, uh, someone had answered the phone. So I guess he had talked to his sister from my phone around two in the morning. And I was like, mm, I hate that. I hate that. Anyway, so, I, like, you know, I, I go, I meet up with my friend. She, like, pulls me into her room. Um, and she's just like inspects my body and I sit down right when I sit down, I like yelped in pain. Cause I just, I was, I was hurt. And she was just like, you know, like, tell me what happened. Tell me what happened. And so I, I tell her and then she, I, I, like, I don't blame her. It was, you know, it's a hard, it's hard to listen to it. She was just like, well, none of my other friends have ever had this problem. So what did you do? And I'm like, well, I'm <laughs> what yeah, oh it's like, God, that logic ah. is so bothersome. It was used. It was like in the, uh, in the Brett Kavanaugh case when yeah. like all these other women came forward and they're like, yeah, but he never raped me. And it's like, just cause he didn't, <laughs> you doesn't mean he didn't rape anyone. Like for that logic to make sense, a rapist has to have raped everyone they've ever been around. Exactly. Exactly. And I'm like, I like, oh my God. And I was like, even if I was just like this sexy, confident queen, I was like, it's obviously, <laughs> still don't, but I was like, I like, especially back then I was like really awkward. And I was like, mm, please don't touch me. And I was like, that's what I did. So ooh, hard to resist that. But yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But anyway, so, um, like, again, I'm, I'm very close with her family. And so like, I'm covered in bruises and I'm like, you know, fresh off a of rape. So I'm real in pain and <laughs> <laughs> fresh and, off a of rape. So we're just trying to put on like a brave face. And so we end up actually going to like an amusement park with her younger brother and her. And the whole day I'm just like, what the fuck, what the fuck? And then I finally work up the courage to tell my mom, I like call my mom and I'm, I still haven't even like admitted to myself that I was assaulted. I still am just like in my head. I'm like, uh, like, I just don't know what happened. I don't know what happened. And then I call my mom and I tell her everything I just told you. And then my mom just starts crying. This is at the end of the day. And she starts crying and she was like, Harper, have you taken a shower yet? And I was like, no, I haven't. She's like, you need to go to the hospital right now. Cause you were raped. And I was like, and then I just started crying and I'm like, no, no, no. And she was like, yes, Harper go. And so there's a whole, like, you know, whatever, go to the hospital, get the rape kit done. And the, there's a male police officer and he's, he's in there for most of the time, not the whole time, but, um, he, you know, he's been kind of a hard ass and then he leaves. And then the woman who's in charge of doing the rape kit just comes up to me and she has tears in her eyes. And she was like, I just want you to know that I see this all the time. And I just want you to know, so there's no doubt in your mind, you were violently assaulted. And then we both just like cried. And she like, it was like, it was like this whole thing. But anyways, then I fly back from North Carolina to LA the next day. And I, uh, I had my boyfriend at the time was very supportive and like him and my family were like comforting me. And, um, the detective calls me the next day and immediately starts victim blaming. Well, what were you drinking? Well, it says here, I have epilepsy too. Well, you have epilepsy. And so why were you drinking on pills? And I was like, cause my doctor told me I could. <laughs> <laughs> and, wait, wait, uh, so the, this is the detective, an impartial detective who clearly yeah. seems partial. Yes. Yes. Yeah. She was the one assigned to my case. 
And so weird. I feel like whenever I hear about something like that, it always makes me think that, and you know, obviously you don't want anybody else to have been raped, of course, but I always feel like people in positions like that either experienced something themselves and are really trying to act like, ah, this doesn't even happen. It's not a real thing. And they're just trying to like, you know, suppress their own emotions or they were like close to somebody else who was accused of something like this. And like, I feel like it always ties back to themselves. Like it it just doesn't make any sense for a person to be like so hostile and accusatory towards somebody that they don't know, like you, who was clearly just (laughs) went through a bunch of trauma, but who knows? Yeah. I honestly think you're onto something because it may like looking, you know, now that it's, it's been years and I can like look back on it at the time I felt attacked and I was just like, Oh, I don't understand. But now I'm like, like hurt people don't hurt people, you know? And it's like, I think the reason why she was acting like that is because I think she was hurt and, you know, and I think that I, yeah, again, like what you just said, I think it's easier to just be like, no, that doesn't happen. Or like, what did you do? Then yeah. Like, oh, I think yeah, <laughs> totally. you're out here raping. So here we go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and Lord. just to clarify for everybody listening, Harper is a very funny stand-up comedian in case you haven't figured that out, but that's why it t- <laughs> like have to keep up with all the jokes <laughs> intertwined with the trauma. <laughs> it's that's great. I love it. Feel. Hey, okay. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> it's the best way to cope. Um, <laughs> Jesus, it was, it was a wild, um, three year long case or no, maybe it was two years, two and a half years. Um, the case was open and just, she never believed me the whole time. I kind of knew from that first phone call, I, I just knew, like, I kind of just accepted it. I'm like, I'm going to try and fight. I'm going to do everything I can, but you know, I can't, I can only work as hard as she's willing. And she kind of like, you know, set a wall up. So she would call me up. She did this, um, um, I believe two times she called me up and would describe other rape cases she was working on. And she would describe them in very graphic detail and be like, look at how bad that was. Like your, yours isn't even that bad. And I'm like, I'm sorry that I have like the Ritz Carlton of rapes, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) it was it was wild she she definitely has some shit there's no you can't default to that kind of behavior and now like all i have to just for my sanity so i can like wake up in the morning i have to laugh at it but like it was really i mean i like got into uh yeah yeah i was like drinking a bunch i you know you know, I just like, I, just, I do. I, just, <laughs> I totally do. <laughs> I, just, I stayed numb for a long, long time, but I, um, yeah. And like the case, like it was, they were about to bring him in. Actually, they're about to arrest him. And the day before the DA calls me and she, it sounded like she had been crying and she was like, I'm so sorry. And I just already knew what it was. And I'd start crying. And I was like, what? And she was just like, your rape kit has, like the evidence has gone missing from your rape kit. And so we can't charge him now. And I was Yo, just like, how, how, how is that even possible? You have a single job to do. And what, what do you mean it went missing? Yeah. Just a little oopsie on our part. And I was like, <laughs> and like looking back to the way that he uh, raped me and beat me. I know that he has done that, but it was very calculated, like doing the Coke alone in his room before, like just to like make sure he'd stay up and amp up and like, and then um, the woman at the hospital was like, I wish you would have came. She was like, I'm proud of you for coming. I wish you would have come sooner because I think that you were drugged, but I think your epilepsy medicine kind of like, that's why you have these like little, like, like blotchy memories, because I think you're, 
your epilepsy medicine kind of saved you in a sense where you can like retain some of these memories. And I was like, mm, okay, well, <laughs> my bad for not coming soon. I don't know what we're going to do with that, but okay. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And so yeah. you said it went on for three years, the, uh, the investigation. Yes. Yeah. So for three years, they were able to not lose any of the evidence. No, kept it sitting right in there. And then the second that it came time, they're like, yeah, we just, oh my God, girl, it's an amazing center. It's called the Santa Monica Rape Center. And um, it, it's free for like your first 20 visits. It's in um, obviously Santa Monica, but um, I went, th- I was going there and I remember one day my therapist was like, you know what? Call up the detective, call her up. And I'm like, Ooh, not all to. And she's like, do it. And I was like, ah, and she's like, I'll talk. And then she takes the phone. She's like a badass has a PhD from Stanford. Just like, doesn't take any shit. She's like five foot two. And she was like, Hey, and then just starts going in on this detective. And she was like, do you understand what you're doing to my client? <laughs> and I was, but then it also was like, okay. So, cause you know, I feel like for those three years, I was constantly like, like, you know, was I raped? Was I not? Cause it was just so, it, it was just so like emotionally traumatizing. And then yeah. it was honestly when they were like, yeah, we're not going to charge him. I was like, I know I was like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. Do you think it was the DA who lost the evidence? No, no, I don't. Okay. Oh, sorry. Not, not the DA. I meant the detective, the, the person who was shitty towards you. Yes. No, it was, uh, I would bet my life that it was her. A hundred percent. Cause she, Harper, I went to his house and his, or his parents' house and they are a lovely fl- uh, family. And I'm like, thanks. They're oh, my best friend. Sure. They were my, they were my yes. second family for years. So yeah, no, they're great. <laughs> cool. Peace and blessings. Yo, it's amazing. The, the rationale that people will come up with to not believe victims in all sorts of cases. I mean, I remember the, like the exact same thing happened with me when, cause after we went to trial for the molestation case, it was like, I mean, there were so many instances where other families were just like, he, he's just such a nice guy though. You know, like he's just, how, how could, how could such a nice guy be capable of doing something like that? <laughs> Like, what the fuck do you mean? Like, why do you assume that all child molesters are just like, they've got like a, a stamp on their forehead? They're charming. Like, it's like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I really do think that it just comes back to people's own experiences and not wanting to deal with their own stuff. But who knows? Man, that is a truly wild story. <laughs> it's a fun, it's cute. It's cute. <laughs> it's definitely cute. And, and so like, so what about, there were a couple of things that, that you said that I wanted to ask about. Uh, you said you went to a water park the next day. Uh, no, not a water, an amusement park, like a, um, like a, it's called Carowinds. It's in uh, South Carolina. Yeah. Like right on the cusp of, cause I, I'm from Charlotte. And so it's uh-huh. like right on, right on the cusp. Um, but yeah, no, I went to, I was, and then that's another reason why the detective was like, oh, so you were riding roller coasters and then cried rape. And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> Oh my God. Wait, this this sounds like an interrogation from this fucking detective. It like, was. Oh my God. It was. And then and still, honestly, and I didn't even honestly realize it until the words just came out of my mouth. I think I still do carry some guilt for like going to that amusement park. I still feel like, I still feel like, Oh, I shouldn't have gone, but I'm like, you know, it, it was my friend. It was my best friend from childhood. 
and then her little brother, and then it's like their older brother, the one that did that. So it's like, I didn't like, I just didn't know what to do. If it makes you feel any better, I, I went to a number of amusement parks with my friend and his dad while he was molesting me over a two year time span. So I'm fucking right there with you. Uh, now we cope. We're like, <laughs> I know it is. It feels good to discuss trauma regardless of what it is. Like when you feel somebody else being vulnerable, it makes you feel like you can share your own stuff, like without any sort of judgment. And it just, I don't know, it feels good despite it being, you know, super tragic. <laughs> yeah. But um, I felt the exact same blame uh, and guilt for not coming forward sooner. I, I mean, I let it go on for two years. A lot of people never say anything about it with molestation in particular and rape, of course. But like, I, I, <laughs> I felt like the longer it went on, the harder it became to speak up because I knew that everybody would be like, oh, you let, <laughs> you let it go on for two years. Like, what the fuck? Like there were people in the TikTok comments who were like, yeah, I bet you liked it after two years. <laughs> oh my God. The TikTok comments. Are yeah. the, I have never seen some of these people are like, I hope he rapes you again. And I'm like, no, <laughs> <laughs> what's your address? What? I'm going to give it to him. And I'm like, get away from me. Oh my God. Are you people? <laughs> what the fuck? Yes. Yes. Holy, I mean, it's not surprising, I guess. It's, you know, people no. when they're anonymous will say just about anything. Yeah. Um, and there's like a, someone with like a blank account. I'm sorry they said that to you, but yeah, it's like. Oh, I, no. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's honestly kind of, I think it's hilarious. I want to get to the TikToks in a second here, but before we do that, after you found out that they'd lost the evidence, what mm-hmm. happened after that? So I, I had, I, you know, I was, I was dating a guy, um, through that whole time and my assault put a lot on that relationship. It put a lot, like it was a lot of stress. It was, I had changed. I, I like, I wasn't my fun bubbly self. I was just, I was angry all the time. And I feel like when that case was, you know, closed <clears throat> or just, you know, just you know, thrown out, I think I just like, I kind of just shut down. I just like, sh- I just was like, I, I, cause I'd been like pent up for so long. And then finally when it happened, I was just kind of like, Oh, okay. Well, that's it. I was just, I kind of just like settled into it, like into the, into the defeat. Mm-hmm. And, um, we, I ended up, so yeah. So I ended up, uh, that relationship, um, I think was just kind of hanging on, um, by like a thread. And then the second that that, you know, wasn't a thing anymore. I think we kind of like, gave each other permission to kind of like, let it go. And then it was like shortly after that, I think I spent like three months just blacked out, honestly, just blackout drunk. And then, um, finally pulled myself out of that. And then I got into some therapy, but I, I was like the queen of like, I would start therapy. And then the second that they would start touching on something real, I'd be like, Oh my God, I can't come to next session or the one after that. Or, (laughs) and then I would just block there. I really would, I would just block. And then I'd be like, okay. And then yeah, it was really wild. But I just like honestly threw myself into stand up, and then yeah, and then I honestly think that until this past summer, that's when I started um, stand up again. I uh, sorry, not stand up. That's when I started therapy again. That that's like I like just now, honestly, probably finally healed like a like a huge part of that. I guess that was like the part of me that was like you know still sad about it for some reason. You know, <laughs> yeah. um, that's like, awesome. Mm-hmm. When did you start doing stand up? I started doing stand up maybe two months before I was assaulted, but then when I was assaulted, I stopped. So when I was like uh, 23, but then I stopped for essentially like about a year. I did it a little bit, but it was like half assed. And then 
when I was 24, I started doing it like more. And then I honestly went really hard at it when I'm 27 now. So when I was like 25, 26, that's when I, like, I really started going hard. Nice. And when did you first start joking about it? 2019 is when I first started. When I, when I was, I, I, I tried it a little bit in 2018, but it was like, just wasn't funny. <laughs> One time I started talking about it and then I started crying. I was like, and so then, <laughs> and they were like, oh, and I was like, <laughs> It was a little too much. I but feel yeah. that. One time I was like four months into stand up. I was doing it in New York and um, I got on stage and I was like, yeah, when I was eight, I got molested by my best friend's dad for two years. And somebody in the audience went gross. <laughs> like, oh, Jesus Christ. It was actually really funny. And they were obviously right. But at that point in stand up, I had no idea how to handle it. And I was like, ah, fuck. Just like, like turtled up, you know, and just didn't really know what to say. But oh it, it is interesting, like trying to figure out the right way to present this information without. And I think a big part of it is like people will be as comfortable as you are. And if you're not, I feel like it's so easy to tell when somebody's talking about trauma. I mean, especially on stage, like you can tell if they're cool with it or not. And I, I think for maybe the first four or five months, because the first set I actually ever did was molestation. Um, wow. Pretty bananas because it was the feeling of doing stand up for the first time, which is already a nuts feeling combined mm. with telling a bunch of strangers that I got molested and I hadn't talked about it basically since I went to trial, which was when I was 10. So it was like, I remember finishing that set and I was just like running through the streets of New York. Just like, fuck yeah. Like this is like the most amazing cathartic feeling. Um, but it's so freeing when you can, cause like standup is already the scariest fucking thing. And then like, cause even if you're just like joking about like banana or, you know, whatever, but it's, it's so fucking horrifying. Just like getting up there and like, especially if a joke doesn't work. And then when you're doing it about your fucking assault, like, I don't know if people realize how intense that actually is. It's really it's so yeah. hard but when you when you make it good oh my god no like that's the best feeling and it, like it does feel like you're taking the power back oh, completely and it just it feels just as bad when it doesn't go like if you yeah. like bombing bombing sucks you know but like telling a bunch of people that you got molested and having them not laugh it's like definitely worse than getting molested uh, yeah, exactly but, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I know exactly what you mean though and it's like it, it feels so empowering and like it felt like therapy in many ways like going up and just trying to figure out how you really feel about what happened to you on stage yeah. um but it really is just like talking. I mean, it doesn't really matter the format that you do it in. It's like, just have these conversations openly with somebody that you trust or strangers, you know, it really doesn't, it doesn't matter, but it's just getting it off your chest. And I think that that's the feeling that comes from doing stand up about it. It's just like releasing it into an audience and being like, this is your problem now. <laughs> you know, it, like, yeah, it is. It's like, and it's off of me. Yeah. And it's yeah. also great because there's this one specific joke I, I tell about it. And every time I do, there's always a few women that laugh really hard at it. And like part of me, like my heart part kind of breaks for them because I'm like, fuck, I know, I know you're laughing that hard because you were hurt too. But then the other part of me just feels like, fuck yes. Like, it's like, I like that. Like we're not alone. And like in like this for like the few minutes that I'm on stage and like that I'm telling these fucked up jokes, like you can like laugh and feel like you're not alone too. And it's like, yeah. I mean, I'm, def I'm doing stand up to be funny first, but it's like, if we can have like a cute, you know, a nice little like uh, unity vibe, I'm down for that too. Uh, totally. And, and it's like, cause most people never have 
any sort of interaction around the topic of rape that isn't super sad and like depressing and makes you feel bad. I mean, in molestation too, even though we might not even be aware of it, like people are wanting a different way to process these experiences. And I think that that's what you've obviously provided to people. Cause I, I saw the bit where you can, you can hear that well, that one lady, like really laughing super hard. And you're like, I'll see you after the show. <laughs> like we got to talk about this and figure this out, but it's yeah. true. I mean, it's, it's like, nobody expects to laugh about these things. I, I know for me, like I was so afraid to talk about it. I didn't think that there was any way to bring it up in a way that wouldn't make myself and the people around me feel super uncomfortable. And I hated that. I think that's part of why it's so hard to speak up is because you don't want anybody else to feel shitty. I mean, I, you don't want to make people feel bad for something that you went through, you know, and yet that's the default reaction. And this is one of the things that I wanted to ask you with, with the TikTok was like, what were some of the reactions that you had? I mean, I can imagine that a bunch of people were reaching out to you. What happened with all of that? So first, okay. First of all, before I posted that video, I had 40 followers and I was just bombing into the abyss to no one. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. I literally was asking my 13 year old or 12 year old cousin on there. I'm like, I'm like, how do I do this? And she's like, Oh my God, you're embarrassing. I was like, I know. And so like, whatever. And then I was just like, Ah, well, you know, Laugh Factory said that they don't want to put, or like more or less said that they don't want to post that bit. So I'm like, fuck them. I'm just going to post it. It's going to get three views. Laugh, they didn't want to post it? They politely declined. They, 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 they're like, oh yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, I know, like, I know. You know what you just know? I just, uh, yeah. Yeah, so definitely. I was just like, whatever. And then um, anyway, so I was just like, fine, I'll just post it. And then within probably like an hour, all of a sudden I'm getting a ton of texts from like my friends that aren't, they're like, Harper, what the fuck? And I'm like, what do you mean? What the fuck? And then I pull it up and I'm like, wait, ah, I didn't expect it. I just, it was kind of like stressed me out. I'm like, I didn't know. I didn't know. It's going to be, yeah. uh, I think it was on election night. And then my roommate and I are watching, you know, the election. And then we're like hitting refresh. And at first it was at like 20,000 and then a hundred thousand and then 500,000, like just, 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 you know, refreshing. And I, it just stressed me out. So I was like through my phone and I'm like, Oh my God. And then the next day, uh, like some people, like uh, almost everyone from my high school that I was friends with reached out to me. And then we're just like, Hey, just wanted to say hi. And I'm like, Oh, okay. I bet you did. And then, uh, <laughs> and then, um, cause a lot of them obviously like knew who it's about. And then, uh, I had like a few, like a few, like, you know, comedy bookers be like, Hey, when stand ups back, like I got you. And I was like, okay, cool. But like, it was mostly just like, yeah, just like people from the past, like reaching out, which was nice. That's awesome. Did you have anybody reaching out saying that they had been through something similar? Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Which was like, that was breaking my spirit, but it was also just, it's like, I hate to say that it's nice in a way, but like, in, like it is like just to also hear other people's stories and so many like, like there were like young girls, like, like 17, 18 year old girls just started DMing me like, Oh my God, me too. Or like, what the fuck? Like, da, 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 da. like I see still in my friend group and I'm like, get them the fuck out. But yeah. but yeah, it was, it was so wild. And I was just like reading through all these, like, and again, I had to like throw my phone away. Cause I'm just like, Oh my God, it's like sensory overload. But it was, yeah, yeah it was really powerful. That's so cool. And, and the same thing happened to me. I mean, it was yeah. actually like, I could not believe how many people, well, I mean, statistically it like totally makes sense, you know, cause it happens. So rape and molestation are so common, but mm -hmm. I think it's, when people see other, this is kind of what we were talking about earlier, but when people see you being as vulnerable as you were in a way that shows that you're also like 
coping and like have done a lot of healing. I think people just gravitate towards it. And I'm so glad that people were doing the same to you. And it's like, I don't yeah. know, it's stand up, huh? It's fucking yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's so powerful. I just, I never thought that I would be a comedian who talked about this type of stuff, like in, in my everyday life, it never, even like when I was a child, like I've always had like kind of a dark sense of humor, but like, it's more just to like make my friends go, Oh, and I'm like, ha ha ha. And but like when I was on yeah. stage, like I never really liked that. So like in a sense after getting raped, it did help me kind of like be more honest with myself too. Cause also it's like rape is like one of the worst things that can happen to you. So it's like when that happens, you're kind of like, and you want me to be scared of this? No, like I've already gone through the worst thing, like bring it on. Yeah, totally. And then especially when you like, I think that once you say it on stage, like the idea, obviously bombing always sucks, but yeah. like it, it just, I don't know. It, it's very freeing. And it's kind of like, there's nothing that I can say on stage now that I'm going to be embarrassed about. <laughs> you know, like you yeah. already, I, the most embarrassing thing about me is already out there in like, yes, four exactly. million. <laughs> so it is very freeing. Of course, not everybody is going to be in a position where they're willing to like joke about it and process things joking about it. Oh, so that's also, so when you're, you're like, all right, how's your rape real? And then they're like, <laughs> I'm still coping. And you're like, yeah, all right. That was exactly what it was. It became you know, like. Oh, when someone hasn't gone to therapy too. Like my therapist and I were making jokes. Like I would be like weeping, but I mean, also I'm, you know, broken in those sense that I do stand up. So it's like, like that happened before, that happened before. The rape, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I am um, like, we're sitting there and like, I'd be like weeping, but then we're like cracking jokes and we're like, okay, anyways, like, let's try and heal. Da, 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 da. But then it would just like, I remember I was talking to this one girl. Um, it was after a show and like, I, uh, she came up to me and she was like, Oh, that, that set, you know, it helped me with this. And I can't believe you went through that. This is my story. And then I, I, this was bad, but like, I cracked a joke and she was like, what? And I'm like, what? And she, we were just like, Oh, and I was like, yeah. All right. Okay. I was like, I'm so sorry. Uh, but that's the thing is it like it feels like it's never appropriate to bring up that you went through something like that in any sort of format other than stand up like mm -hmm. in, in like normal every like people will ask me like well, obviously it's not the only thing I do stand up about it's just the thing that I happen to be pursuing the most is it seems mm -hmm. to have, be the most impactful than dick jokes you know or whatever so but then like I'll be at like a party or something and be like oh what do you do and I'm like oh, I do stand up and they're like oh what about and I'm like mm, all oh, right. oh my god go. yes <laughs> Yes. Okay. I, um, this is, God, this is like months ago, but I, I, I went on a date with someone and again, and then he, he was like, Oh, you just stand up like, cool. Like, what's it about? And I was like, Oh, just do it. It's kind of like storytelling. I could just kind of like that. And he was like, okay. And then he had looked up, I don't even know where he would have found it, but he like looked at, he basically, he found one of my rapids. He's like, Oh, wow. Oh, oh. And I was like, yeah, dude. Yeah. What? Like what? Wow, what I'm dude. like, honey, if you can't take a joke, then keep it moving. But it was also just so <laughs> uncomfortable. And I was like, oh God, I was like, well, you know, I can't take it back now. Like it's, it's already out there. And like, I don't like, obviously I, I love to joke about it, but it was also just like funny to see how other people react. Cause some people are like, it's either like, oh, badass or oh, I feel guilty for laughing, but cool. Good for you. Or like, why the fuck would you laugh at that? And I'm like, yeah, so, <laughs> yeah. so there we go. <laughs> the guilty for laughing is a classic. That was, there were hundreds of those comments on, on the TikTok that I posted. And it's like, why do you think I'm doing this? Yeah, <laughs> was yeah, like, right. So clearly the point of it, yeah. but I mean, you know, people, everybody processes these things differently. And I think that it's like, there's no right way to handle trauma, but it just, it's cool to have found this way that is not only like very, 
empowering, but also it's like, it feels so good to laugh about it. Like, and there's this quote from, um, uh, Wayne, Wayne Dyer, uh, he says, it's impossible to be, to laugh and be afraid at the same time. And I was like, that's a fucking, that's exactly how it feels. Yeah. Oh, totally. I wanted to ask you about another one of the bits that you did where you were talking about how sometimes you have to present this information to your guy friends in Mm. a less graphic way. Um, and I wanted to ask you just more about that. Why do you think that is? So the reason why that is, is because when I tell my female friends, all of them are like, Jesus Christ, Harper, like, okay, like, uh, you know, like, you know, what, what, how can I help you? What do I do? Whatever. But they're, they're like, all right, my guy friends without fail st- start crying. What? No, no. And then start, like, they start screaming. Oh, I'm going to kill him. I can't believe that. And I'm like, what the fuck? Calm the fuck down. And like, I have many different types of friends. You know, we have like the sensitive guys. We got the jocks. We got, you know, we got, a, we got, a, yeah. we got a, an array of, of friends and I'm not kidding. Every single one of them. And even like when I told my mom, my mom's like, all right, so here's what we're going to fucking do. And I'm like, okay. And then my dad, you know, my dad was strong. And like, my dad's actually the reason why I got into therapy because I was like really resisting it at the time too. Um, why we don't know. Um, but you know, my dad is the one that like stepped up and like really like made me go to therapy. And also like, we don't have a, like a serious relationship. It's more of just like, we're always jokey. And so the fact that he was able to like drop in, I was like, Oh, okay. I see you dad. Okay. Um, but like even he like was like weeping and like, I don't know. It's just so interesting. And like, I'm not shitting on that. Like, I, like I know they're doing it because they care for me and like, and it's very beautiful and sweet. So I don't, I don't mean to belittle their feelings, but I just yeah. thought it was just so funny because I also kind of learned too. like, if I was like, Oh yeah, I was um, violently raped by my best friend's older brother. And then they're, they're going to be like, Oh, oh and they want to like throw up. But then if I'm just like, so um, I was hurt. And then they're like, okay and i'm like and it was bad all right more and, and then if i if i break it off and it's like it's like feeding a duck you know if like you're breaking off a little bread it's like you know they're gonna get full but you know you just get you gotta break it you can't just give them the whole meal right, right at once Right. Totally <laughs> makes sense. Yeah. And I, and I, part of why I wanted to ask that is because one of the things that was really interesting about the TikTok bit that I put out was like so many guys were reaching out saying that they'd been molested and that they've n- never told anybody and same with girls as well. But I think that for guys, there's this additional sort of like masculinity aspect that people feel the need to like uphold and they just associate obviously getting molested. It's not a macho thing to admit that you, that that happened to you. And so I was wondering if if that was part of why these guys maybe didn't even want to think about that in that context or something. I don't know. I was just curious, but it's it's really interesting. And what I, what I've noticed, like when I, like when I was watching your bit, I obviously you already know, I was looking through those comments and I like, and then this was my own stigma. I had because I'm like, wow, so many guys have been molested. Then I'm like, yeah, Harper, of course. Like I was like, what? Like, but it's just so interesting because like, I feel, I mean, at least for like how I used to think it's like when you, when you picture rape, you just think like, oh, the man's doing it to the woman, but like, you don't realize it's like women and women can do it to each other, men and yeah. men, like, you know, like, or like a woman to a man, like you don't like it, it goes, uh, you know, everyone can be everyone can be raped so cheers to that (laughs) (laughs) totally and i feel like it's that's part of why it's so good to talk about this stuff is like just any just seeing like for example if you've never talked to anybody about what you've been through and you see somebody else talking about it just knowing that 
another person can empathize with you or you can empathize with them makes it so much more manageable. Cause I feel like with these topics, I mean, they're the most taboo topics that you can bring up straight up rape and molestation are probably the two. They're just right up there, you know? And I think just knowing that you're not alone. I know that when I was going through it, I was like, not only does this suck, but nobody else knows what I'm, what this is like. And I feel like it just compounds the trauma and makes it so much harder to deal with. And so I think that people, that's part of why people were reaching out to us so much is they're just like, yo, like fucking thanks for talking about this and showing that this is not only am I not alone, but there are thousands of people that have been through the exact same thing. I know it's so disheartening, but it also is, it's, it's beautiful in a dark way that like everyone from, from just like posting a joke, like everyone feels safe enough to come into your comments or like come into your Instagram DMS or wherever it is. And like, you know, and tell their story or like be like, Oh my God. Yeah. Same me too. So it's just like, we're all just like, like this, it is, it's a cancer. It's like, like, uh, molestation is, is something that like, it, I feel like people just get away with so fucking much. And it's just so, it's so heartbreaking, but it's beautiful that we can like kind of find strength in numbers that like, it's yeah. All- Yeah, it's a silent, it's a silent, massive group of people that have been through it all. And then you mentioned you were talking about how the Laugh Factory was like politely declined to post your bit. So I wanted to ask you about that because YouTube doesn't monetize any of the videos that I put up that are that like this podcast at all. And they say that it's because it's like the content is like not advertiser appropriate or whatever, which on one hand, I completely understand. I get that nobody, like, it's hard to be like, I got raped. And now here's a word from our sponsor, you know, like it's, it's complicated, but at the same time, it's like, I feel like that is also contributing to the problem, like making people think that this is not something that you can talk about regularly. You're saying that it's bad and it's not my, my therapist that I saw at the, um, at the Santa Monica center was incredible. Should have kept going to her, but uh, she, um, but she, she went said, cause I was like, I just feel so embarrassed. I feel so ashamed. And then she was like, if someone came and robbed your car, would you feel embarrassed of that? And I was like, fuck no. And she was like, then she was like, you shouldn't feel embarrassed about this. This is just a bad thing that happened to you. It's like demoralizing and it's dehumanizing. Yes. And it's, one of the most vulnerable crimes that can be committed against a person. She was like, but it's not your fault. Like if someone was to break into your home, you're not going to be embarrassed of that. You're going to be like, fuck you for breaking into my home. So that's exactly how you should feel about like someone broke into your home. And I was like, someone did break into my home. (laughs) (laughs) That is exactly what it is though. That's so great. I love that. It's a tender way. It was a tender way to explain it, but like that helped me move through it so much and then when like people i remember at one time i i was working out some jokes at an open mic and this girl gets up and like she's really funny and i, I know she wasn't trying to be a bitch but she gets up and was just like oh great all right you know here i, I think i was like up next and she was like okay great here comes harper and i harper please don't do the rape stuff please don't like we don't want to hear it like i don't want to hear it and then i get up and then i was like all right. You didn't ask for this, but neither did I. And then I just like, (laughs) (laughs) good save. That's pretty much the worst thing that somebody could say before you go. I was like, I I was like, honey, I'm doing these jokes for a good show. I need to get them out. So sorry. But yeah, it was just really, I don't know. Like, yeah, there there is still like such a stigma. It's like, I think in our lifetime, because my mom was telling me, she's like, Harper, when I was growing up, you never talked about, like, no one talked about this. And then the Me Too movement happened and like, there's still so much more work to do, but like it's, there's so much work that has been accomplished in Mm -hmm. talking about this, but it's also, 
you know, as we can see, like with YouTube and then with like certain places, not wanting to share it, like, you know, there's still a lot of work to like, people just get so uncomfortable. Like, Oh, we don't want to talk about it. But I'm like, look at our, I mean, you know, sorry to say this, but like, look at our TikToks, look at how popular that is. It's like, yeah. clearly it needs to be talked about. Yeah. And if you were to show that TikTok, your TikTok or my TikTok to say 10 million people or a hundred million people, the same percentage of people would have a visceral reaction to it. Yes, And that's yeah. what's so wild is that like, I, I don't feel any sort of obligation in terms of like, you know, oh, I need to get more views, but I do feel an obligation in terms of like, this stuff can really help people. And it's like, it, it's, it, <laughs> it needs to get out. The fact that millions of people have seen our TikToks and it's like, it's not surprising that there was this big of a reaction to it. I don't know how many billion people are in the world, but like, like whatever percentage of those people who have been raped and molested, they would all benefit from laughing about it. I mean, yeah. again, not necessarily everybody, but I think the vast majority of people who have been through something. I, it's funny that people who haven't been through something like this get more uncomfortable laughing about it than people who have. Yeah, it's very weird. It's like, we took a rape. You can take a joke. It's <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. I wonder if, for for example, the Laugh Factory posted that. I have no doubt that the reaction would be super positive. We know that it would work. We've seen it work on TikTok. And TikTok is also generally like a younger audience too. And like, yeah. not that our material is for a specific age group, but I think that older people... Not like older people, but like our age, our age, like twenties, thirties, people who are maybe not on TikTok as much. They everybody can benefit from this. I mean, I remember the guy who was the head juror on the trial uh, when I was getting molested. Um, he's the guy who stands up and says, "We find the the guy not guilty" or whatever. Um, I ended up being friends with his daughter, and that was like a number of years later. So, oh, wow. and I reached out to him when I first started doing stand up about this because. So the guy didn't get convicted. It was a hung jury, which means six people say that he did it. Six people said that he didn't do it. So I reached out to that guy and I was like, hey man, like I would love to just talk with you because what better material than the guy, the people that thought that I wasn't telling the truth. You know what I mean? Like you thought a 10 year old was lying about getting molested for two years. Like what do you mean? Um, So I ended up not interviewing, but I just met with him when I was home. Um, it was maybe like four or five months after I started doing stand-up, and he ended up telling me that he got molested, and I was like, "Oh my god, dude! Like, uh, <laughs> this is so outrageous!" And he was like sixty-five, and he'd never told anybody. And um, wow. and that's the power that just speaking openly has about it, you know? Yes. And yeah, and the fact that like both of our TikToks are out there forever, presumably. Um, it's like, this will continue to affect people. And the reason I brought this up is because we were talking about like ages and who it affects. And I realized as I was saying it, there is no age discrimination. There's no gender discrimination, class, race, anything. Like it's all, it affects everybody. These are both such massive problems that um, I like to think we're doing a good job of fighting. Yes, <laughs> so I like to it's, it's pretty exciting. Another thing I wanted to ask you was... Um, I noticed that you were putting trigger warnings on your videos and I wanted to ask you cause people have gotten mad at me in my comments for not putting trigger warnings on mine. And I, before I say why I haven't been doing it, I wanted to ask you, do you, um, as a rape victim, do you think like if you were to see content and maybe it's different because you're a stand up and you joke about this stuff, but do you think it is a lot more helpful to have that trigger warning when you see content that might be similar? For me personally, no. I think I'm also so desensitized because <laughs> yeah. it's like, also, I mean, everyone's had a hard life, whatever, but I, be, I think I just became desensitized, desensitized 
towards stuff at an early age. Like my aunt like took her own life, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, just so I'm just like, all right, the world's dark. And that was fourth grade. Here we go. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah. And literally like, cause my first bit that I put, I didn't put a true, I didn't even know I was supposed to. I just like, I just put it up there. Uh, yeah, I didn't either. A lot of people were like, Hey, and I was like, oh, so, okay. <laughs> and I don't mean to mock them. But I, it, I like, yeah. hey, it triggers you my bad. Like I'm, I'm not trying to do that. But so then I was just like, if that like does make people, if they do need a warning, then okay, great. Like I, I have no qualms about like putting it like a little second, like trigger warning, boom. Like, yeah. I, fine. Yeah. And, and I, and I agree with that. I, I totally understand why people were mad at me for it, um, for not doing it. But I also think that it's like, if you put a trigger warning, right. And somebody's watching, who's been through some shit. If you put a trigger warning, they're going to think about the thing that they don't want to think about first. That honestly seems more true. Yeah. I, I completely agree. Like right? I only was doing it because I felt like, again, I'm very new to TikTok. I don't, I don't know. Like, Oh no, 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 not, not like, criticizing you at all. Oh, I'm no, just no, saying no, from totally my, yeah. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, no, but I, I completely agree with, with why, yeah. With what you just said. Yeah. Because like, and honestly, I've seen videos that go like trigger warning. And honestly, sometimes when they say that, then I'll just scroll because like, I, yeah, because it is like a little, and I was like, yeah. <laughs> And it's, yeah. it's because I think of my thing and like, maybe I don't want to. Yeah. You know, it's like, they might be talking like, about like, uh, you know, I don't know, an eating disorder. And then my mind's like, fuck, I got molested. Shit. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like unrelated. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The other thing is it's like, um, I feel like adding a trigger warning almost makes it like, Ugh, like watch out. The point is to try to normalize these conversations and yeah. to get people to laugh about it. And I feel like with the trigger warning, you're being like, you know, I don't know, watch out. Like this is going to fuck you up. Like rather than it just being like, Hey, I'm not talking about anybody else that went through shit. This is literally just what happened to me. I don't know how else to, why should I have to warn you about what I'm about to talk about that has to do with me. And again, I get it. It's, it's totally understandable why people think that, but, um, I just wonder if sometimes maybe it's doing more harm than good. Yeah, I completely agree. And I was thinking about that too. And like, yeah, like I just, I had like pulled up my, my page the other day cause I was like checking, you know, whatever. And even just like when I like scrolled and I see trigger warning, even like, I, I, I don't even think I really like articulated why, but I was just kind of like, oh, I just don't really like it, but I just, I didn't really think too much on it and just kept going. But like with you saying that I completely agree. And also, yeah. What if the trigger warning is like, I eat a lot and you're like, ah, I was thinking about the time I got punched in the face and then raped. So all right, here we go. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Yes, <laughs> exactly. It seems so, I don't know. Most of it is just like trigger warning, please. You know, it's not like you're a piece of shit for not having a trigger warning it's yeah. it's generally like people are not super aggressive about it but i did get one if you don't put a trigger warning on the next one i will find your rapist and i will make him do it again and i was like <laughs> what <laughs> are you serious what up honey okay yeah so, <laughs> imagine being a person who wrote that that's holy shit they're probably like 12 years old i'm like fuck you but it was just probably. so I'm like jesus christ <laughs> I can't, that is fucking next level i don't even know wow do you spend time on tiktok like are you are you a scroller a little bit i like i feel like more so now than before like before no i would just be i would just like it just stresses me uh, yeah like really stresses me out and like my roommate and i were talking because she's a comic too and we were talking we were like who's your roommate Gabby Lamb. Ah, oh, it sounds super familiar. I'm not She's sure really if I know funny. her though. Yeah. Um, but she, uh, 
but we were on it and she was like harper being on tiktok as like a stand-up comic is kind of like when you go to a foreign country and you don't speak the language and like it, it seems really cool and exciting and you're happy to be there but it's just really fucking stressful and you can't do anything because you don't know you, you don't know the culture and you don't know the language and i'm like that is so well put but yeah very that's honestly, well put. I, I'd be on there i'm like Oh, I don't understand these dances and I don't get it. (laughs) Totally. And are you familiar with like the, all of the super sexual dances that are on there? Like that's also why I was not going on there. Cause I'm like, why are you like, I I just, I, it was stressing me out. It was stressing me out. I'm like, Jesus Christ, what is happening? Well, and it's weird. Cause like I, I made a YouTube video about this and basically so there was a trend that was happening uh back in the day back in the day maybe like a month ago that's that's what tiktok time feels like um but it was the trend where basically girls would just like put their face down it would start with their face and then they put their face down and it would just be their ass up in the air yes yeah yeah okay so rolling stone wrote an article about how tiktok teenagers like not 18 way younger are yeah. people are taking those videos and putting them on Pornhub and they're making like compilations of these underage girls doing this and so I started like you know how you can click on a sound like and then you can see all the videos that were made yeah. from that sound yeah if you click on that sound it's quite literally thousands of underage girls doing this trend right and the exposure that tiktok was giving them was bananas it would be like like i found this one girl who was 15 and she was averaging like maybe 100,000 200,000 views a video and then she did that trend and got 48 million views and if you think about like what is actually going on here. Like it's mass distribution. And that's one trend. Like all of the trends, like fucking WAP, you know, like every trend is just like super sexual. And these children, that's what they are. Their children are dancing with next to no clothing. I mean, they're basically in swimsuits, which is effectively lingerie. It's as minimal clothing as you could possibly wear. And they're dancing for, they're doing their own personal webcam shows for millions of people. No, I see that. And I just, I'm like, I think I read somewhere that like Jack White, his kids didn't even know, or maybe they still don't know that he's famous and he like raised them out in the woods. And I'm like, if I ever became successful like that, that's what I would do. My kids aren't having phones. They're not having <laughs> yeah. any of that. I'm like, yeah, you, we're going to be living in the damn woods and you will not even know what a TV is. Like, that's not what I like. <laughs> that sounds ideal. But, yeah. 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 <laughs> but, but it's so crazy to me because like, I feel so conflicted with TikTok because like in addition to having this like amazing outlet, like because of TikTok, we were both able to reach millions of people. But at the same time, I'm like, this is a fucking Black Mirror episode. Right now, the children it of is, our species. Oh my God, it is like a Black Mirror fucking yeah. It is. It's so creepy. It's so fucking creepy. And TikTok is profiting off of these children doing this because they don't pay yeah. you until you're 18. So they're making billions of views worth of ad revenue off of these children twerking for their cameras. And there's no age restriction, right? Like anybody can make a TikTok anybody, account and yeah. interact anonymously, which we both have experience with in our comments. But like you fucking adults can just comment on these 13-year-old girls, you know, doing the WAP. And be and and it's like they're facilitating these interactions with these kids, and I I, I don't know. I I, I feel very conflicted about TikTok because on one hand it's obviously brilliant in the ways that we've talked about, but at the same time it's like, what the fuck is going on? There's never been an app like this, and I don't. I can't even believe that they're not in trouble for it. No, it's really insane, and that's that's another thing. That's like what Gabby and I were talking about. Like TikTok is just so scary because like. 
obviously, yeah, I uploaded my video to get views. Okay. But like for how quickly it was amassing that number of views, it kind of scared me. It made me uncomfortable. I'm like, geez, ah, ah, like it was, it was a lot. It yeah. A lot. And, and for how quickly it can just, like people can just take off. It's insane. I don't feel like we've ever had a platform like this before. Yeah, totally. And, and it also like, I mean, it hooks you like the feeling of going viral is very intoxicating. I don't know. Part of me wants to like double down and just be like, fuck it. Like, let's just run TikTok. Like it'll, it'll probably work out. I mean, it's, it's definitely worth putting the time into trying to make it on there, whatever yeah. make it means. Right. Yeah. But, but then at the same time, I'm like, am I like condoning this behavior that's going on here? By That's kind of how I was feeling too. I was so funny enough. One of my um, buddies, we used to do the left factory open mic together, like mm -hmm. four or five years ago, like back in the day. And um, he like, he's like a young guy and like, he would do it and he would get up like with his ukulele and like, you know, he had like had like fun songs. And then, um, then he, he kind of like dropped off the scene, never saw him again. Then like, I was scrolling on TikTok, like over the, you know, obviously in quarantine, like, and I would, I would always hear this song that like, called like stuck in the middle. I'm like, Oh wow. I'm like, I'm like, that voice sounds so familiar. Ty, Ty Verdes. Yeah. And his real name is Tyler. And so and like, I would, I would hear his voice. I'm like, Oh, okay. And then all of a sudden one day I like clicked on it and then he popped and I'm like, wait, Tyler, what the fuck? And I clicked and like, and six months he like he's gone super viral like signed to do like he's like taking off and it's because of tiktok yeah and i'm like oh my god and then he i was like talking to him about it and he was like harper stop being afraid of it you got to get on the wave you got to get on it while you can and i'm just like but are you not scared of it it's so weird and he's like no you got to keep your eyes on it and you got to just he's like he's like there has never been a plot he was like pitching it in a positive way like there's never been a platform like this i'm like maybe that's a scary thing but he was just like yeah He's like, he's like, especially for musicians, it's like the best way to, it's like where musicians are taking off now. And yeah. he was like, and then with your jokes, he was like, Harper, your joke just popped up on my for you page. And then blah, blah, blah. And like, he's like, it's just, it's so good to like, keep going. And like, you got to keep posting. Like he like gave me like a TikTok lesson. I was like, oh, it's just so stressful. But so That's it's like so on cool. one hand, like, it's, it's good for, you know, for people like, like Tyler and then people like us, but then yeah. it's also like, then you have these like little teens that you know, that like teenagers are so impressionable. And like, I remember being like a flat chested little, like 12 year old girl. And then like, I would see like girls like in movies and stuff with like big ass tits. So I would like stuff my goddamn boobs and I would just be like, oh, okay. And it's like, yeah. that was toxic enough. And I think God TikTok wasn't there. So I didn't have to put that on. I mean, you know what I mean? But it's totally. like, totally. <laughs> oh God, imagine growing but, up with TikTok. Fuck. No, no. And it's so stressful too. And like, you know, everyone like TikTok, like all these, like all like the famous like teens, I feel like, oh, you know, have all this money. And then like all the girls expect to look like that. And I'm like, no, you're growing into your body, baby girl. Like, like let, you know, you're going to have some weird ass teeth. You're going to have acne. Like that's yeah. okay. Like I think like they're robbing children of their innocence, honestly. I totally. I don't know. The most popular creator on the app is a 16 year old in a bathing suit. Like what the fuck is going on? She's got 90 million followers. I guarantee you the majority of them are probably over 18 year old dudes. You know, like it's not, this is not normal. And I feel like people are willing to put up with, we're willing to turn a blind eye to this like clear problem just because it is such an awesome app. Like, I mean, I like, it's my favorite app, but by far, I mean, in terms of my enjoyment of the content that I see on there and it's like, it's just quick hits of dopamine. I mean, it's just, that's all it is. Mm -hmm. And, um, 
yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to do, especially because it's like, this is the, this whole, this whole podcast is trying to, you know, have an impact on this kind of stuff. And I can only imagine like how many kids are going to, are currently being affected negatively as a result of TikTok. So who knows? Who knows I know, what right? To do is, but that's wild about Tyler too. Cause I, I love that guy's I mean, I think he only—he just released another song called "Yeah, Drugs, yeah. Which is so good." I think he has like, some new ones coming that are so fucking good. Yeah, it's like it's just amazing. Though. I'm like, I never knew you could do this music. He's like, yeah, I don't know, and I'm like, ah, like it's like so crazy. He got to quit his job. Like, no, he's his life is changed for the better. Like, it, it's like and like it's because of TikTok. Like, just uploading videos, just whatever. He was like, yeah, I just you know, I just you know, quarantine hit was you know, going, doing my thing, didn't really know what to do and just start uploading songs. And then, yeah. And I'm like, Oh my God, but like he, he works really hard at it, but like, it's yeah. just, it's like, he's a perfect ex- uh, example of like the benefits that can come from like using the, the app uh, to your advantage. Yeah. And I feel like I would also end up regretting it a lot if I was just like, ah, no, I'm done with TikTok. I'm not going to do it anymore because of my moral standards or whatever the fuck, like at the end of the day, like whether or not I, you know, it's not going to have an impact if I'm posting or not posting in terms of the, the massive problem that TikTok has right now. Yeah. I had another account that was sort of like a Finsta uh, for TikTok. And mm-hmm. it was just like sex jokes, basically. It was just like random, just ridiculous shit. Um, because I also didn't know what I was doing at all with TikTok. I mean, it's there's yeah. no manual. But my videos would get taken down like pretty regularly just yeah. with content that was like, I mean, a, a lot of it was warranted. There, there were definitely videos that were pushed the boundaries but for most of it i was like how can you allow children to twerk on your homepage and take down my dick joke you know what i mean like it doesn't doesn't make sense it doesn't make sense so yeah no i'm right there with you because um i wasn't posting sex jokes but like i I do art as well and so i posted this piece that i did and i actually like i drew it's kind of like it was inspired from my sexual soul it's like kind of like how like a woman's body feels like after being like assaulted, but basically it's just like a woman on her back with her legs open. And then the vagina is like a crying monster. And like, it doesn't look like an actual vagina. It looks like a little monster, but it just happens to be in between the legs. And then it's like done in like a pop art style and whatever. I liked it. But anyway, so like yeah, I cool. would do little videos of me do whatever of, of making it. And I put it up within a few minutes, it starts taking off. And then all of a sudden speaking of taking off the video gets taken. And it's like, no, it violates the guidelines. And I'm like, Oh fuck off. Because I literally see girls like, not only just like the little girls twerking but it's like there's like this one girl that will like do like vagina talks and she'll like move her like hand, she'll like put her hand in a pair of jeans and like and like use it as like a puppet and like ta- and i'm like i'm like that's raunchy and gnarly yeah and like, but like mine's just a drawing and it's a cartoon oh my god <laughs> <laughs> yeah but- it's so random and arbitrary and they don't give you any explanations for like no. why it happened it. they're like yep and I'm, you're like okay yeah, I know. It's, it's, it's so weird. And what's even more wild now is that like TikTok's not a Chinese like enigma anymore, you know, like it's owned by Walmart and Oracle. Like these are us based companies now that are responsible for inundating our species with softcore child porn. I mean, that's what it is. It, is closer, yeah. it really does feel so black mirror. <laughs> Don't know what to do about it, but yeah, you know, here we are. Anyway, <laughs> just a quick little TikTok tangent there. Uh, <laughs> but uh, you talked about therapy and and how it, it seemed to help a lot. And it's really cool to see somebody 
like yourself who's been through what you went through and is able to now be speaking openly and laughing about it. And like, it's, it's like obviously inspiring for so many people to see. And I wanted to ask you, like, if you could give a piece of advice to somebody who has been through something similar, or maybe will go through something similar, what would you say to somebody like that? Even though nothing came from me, like going to the police, I would still say always just like, if you can try to do that, and then get in therapy as quickly as possible, just as quickly as you can, because your brain is so fragile. And you, we, like what I've learned, I'm in group therapy as well. And like what I've learned through that, like your brain develops um, toxic coping mechanisms really quickly. And then like they can, and like, because it's so impressionable, you will have to like, it's going to take a lot of work to undo how you deal with trauma. So getting in therapy as quickly as possible, just confronting it like you're not confronting like you know confiding in a friend i think and if you can don't turn to substances i would feel like just try and throw yourself in something else like more like healthy like maybe a craft maybe start taking a cooking class i don't know but and also like give yourself permission to cry like i don't care if it's been one year five years ten years like if you are still upset about like i used to judge myself i'm like why am i still upset even now occasionally i'll just cry and i'm like yeah bitch a bitch got hurt next like yep like sad like i'm sad sometimes i don't care and it's like i think there's a power in let like in letting yourself feel this, the sadness, but just, I think you just need to like, you know, don't feel shame, feel sadness. Like I, you know, and then that can give you strength. I love that. I totally agree with everything you said. And I think that there's, especially when people see people like ourselves, like laughing and joking about it. I think people oftentimes associate like, they're like, Oh, well you must never cry about it. It's like, no, like I bawled my fucking face off for many years about this. And that's like, it's all part of the process. Like it's an ongoing journey. Like you don't, it's hard to find a definitive point where you're like, I'm better now. You know, like it's a yeah. constant. <laughs> I don't thing. think you're ever going to be like, Oh, you're going to yeah. be like, like, like I fixed it guys. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah. no, like, you yeah. know, it's, it's really, ongoing and like you know i don't know about you but like for me sometimes like i I can be with someone i trust the most and like we'll be having a great time in bed and then all of a sudden like a light it just like just switches and all of a sudden i feel like it's like i feel like it's like like because you know like our memories and stuff are stored in our muscles and all of a sudden it's just like i just get triggered and i'm like whoa get off get off get off and i have to just like take a second to like you know, whatever. It doesn't happen that much, but every once in a while, it'll just like be like a fun little surprise. And I'm like, Oh, okay. <laughs> and like, again, then I was like really afraid till I was like, Oh, then I just can't be touched ever again. And da, da, da. it's like, no, honey, that's just like sometimes a fun little quirk that you have. And you know what? You just take a few minutes and then you're all good. So here we go. Yeah. I feel like just allowing yourself to feel however you feel, whatever that yeah. is, if laughing, crying, whatever. I mean, because like in a situation like that, where your body is physically responding and remembering things that you've been through. I feel like the worst thing you can do is try to play it off. Like it's not happening. I mean, like this is our body's natural response to things and like just acknowledging it and not feeling like you can't feel it. Like just, I mean, the best thing you can do is feel whatever that means to you, but just allowing yourself to exist, you know, like naturally process these things, whatever you've gone through. I mean, our bodies are amazing in that way, but, um, I really appreciate you sharing it. And 
yeah, I mean, this has been <laughs> such an awesome conversation, Harper. And I really just applaud you for everything that you've done. And it's so cool to see. And I'm, uh, I'm really happy that you felt like you could come on here. And thank um, you so much for asking. I've never done anything like this. I was like kind of nervous, but I, this was really fun. Thank you for having me. Yeah. And well, what's your Instagram or any uh, TikTok handles, anything like oh, that? Yeah. It's just Harper Rose D on all uh, platforms. Okay. Harper Rose D. Yo, thank you so much. Really. It was great meeting you. And I hope that we see each other in person someday. We I know. Do some I stand hope so up. too. We'll have to do like a, a trauma show. We'll gather oh my God. We should. We should. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that would actually probably do really well. I'm sure. I know. Would I, like okay. That. We're going to talk after this. We're going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds great. Yo, Harper, thank you so much for coming on and look forward to talking with you again soon. Thank you. Thank you. Have a good day. Yeah, you too. All right, that was Harper Rose Drummond. Thank you all so much for watching and listening to the podcast, and we'll see you in the next episode. Peace. <laughs>